Welcome to the Masterlink podcast with James and Stefan. Getting to know creatives in the music industry. Available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like our podcast, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash the Masterlink sessions. You can watch all of our previous music videos by visiting masterlinksessions.com. Or you could simply buy us a coffee from buymeacoffee.com forward slash masterlink. Hi, welcome to the Masterlink podcast. I'm Rob Blackham. Stefan here. Welcome all. And today we're going to talk to vocalist and music industry vocal coach Kim Chandler. Before we jump in, I do want to ask this question. Uh, yes. James, and I should explain, this podcast is with my mate, James Welch, who can't be here today because his boy is poorly. But yeah. this amazing gentleman, Rob Blackham, has stepped in last minute, uh, which is awesome. What a champion. What a champion. And normally, James, having done over 50 of these podcasts, he would normally say Ooh. something like, hey, where are you today? Oh, okay. Well, where I am is in sunny, oh, to be perfectly honest today, not so sunny, Marbella, which oh. is the jewel of the Costa del Sol in the south of Spain. And normally, even at this time of year in autumn, that yesterday was full sun and about mid-20s, and we have that um, that weather forecast tomorrow. It's just today is a little bit overcast, which is about as bad as the weather actually ever really gets here which is kind of why why I live here as an Australian who grew up in the sunshine and beach culture uh, um, after 15 years of living in London. I loved London, but um, I missed the sunshine. So I came to a place that's nice and close to London that has lots of sunshine and beach culture. Mm, beautiful. As well as Spanish culture and food and wine. Is the uh, uh, Mabea tourist board like uh, are you and Payola <laughs> sponsoring me? For them, you know? No, no, no. They, 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 <laughs> they seriously, they don't have to. You only, you only have to visit here, and you will see why people want to live here. It's as simple as that. I, I played some gigs there. There's lots of white, shiny boats in the harbor. There, there is in one of the harbors. It, were you referring to Puerto Banus by oh, any chance? Oh, I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, that it would either be that or the marina in Marbella itself. There's this two, but the bigger one is in Puerto Bonos, and it's about five minutes drive away from our house. Oh, very yes. nice. Well, yes, beautiful. We sort of posh well, bit. Thank you yeah. for this most in-depth um, answer to James's question. Well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, that's great. I, can I just uh, jump in? I want to know what's really exciting you musically right now. What's exciting me musically right now? Um, in my own life, it is actually my involvement in a project with a smooth jazz guitarist called Unam, who is French, but he's based in LA and he's very, very well known and, and highly regarded in the smooth jazz world. And he is just on fire at the moment in, with productivity. He is just getting so many albums out. It's it, it's it's insane uh and there's a particular project that he's doing at the moment called the california funk machine which is a very curious product uh we've done two albums he's released two of them just this year right so it's not usual to even just have one album out in a year let alone two in quick succession so volume one uh and volume two came out a couple of uh, or a few months later volume three 
is pretty much already done and is imminent as well. Wow. So he's just he is just, as I said, on fire at the moment. Um and and what it is, it is a covers project. And we're doing some of his all-time favorite funk covers from the past and reinventing them, sometimes putting, you know, a different spin on it, sometimes not, sometimes doing really faithful representations of it. But what's amazing about this product product is how he's managed to get a lot of the original players mm-hmm. actually doing his version, this this remake version. All right. And why it's been so interesting for me and exciting for me um hence the the this being the answer to the question is i've had to forensically analyze and replicate some of the female vocals on funk covers that i never thought i'd have the opportunity to do for example patty austin's parts on give me the night all those crazy scatty things that she that she does in the in the second verse and you know, I never thought I'd ever have the opportunity to have to replicate that. Wow. And it really whipped my ass <laughs> to do that, uh, which right. I like. I, li- I like a challenge at this stage of my career. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's a, it, that's, a, that's a product I'm very excited about. And also we, we, uh, one of the covers that we did, The Sound of Music, um, what? Not the hills are alive. Not not not, not that one, <laughs> but the day the Dayton one. Um, I think that's the name of the original artist. Uh that particular cover that, that that we did, which is um which features on volume two of this project, uh that actually went number one in the UK soul charts. And right. uh to date in my 30 plus session career. I have not sung on something that's gone number one before, and I've done all the female vocals on it. Wow. And there's an amazing male singer who does all of UNAM stuff or the vast majority of UNAM's, UNAM stuff, a guy called Tim Owens, who's uh, who actually fronts one of the main Earth, Wind & Fire tribute bands in the US. Wow. But beautiful voice, beautiful voice. So I, I feel very honoured to uh, be able to do this sort of work all online. Yeah, I was just about to ask, is this a online project or are you guys yep. hitting the road yep. as well? Or yep. no uh, well, I or? think I think UNAM has the idea of this being toured at some point. But um, uh, at the moment, he is way too busy just pumping out those albums. <laughs> uh, I think that's taken up all his time at the moment. Um, uh, we actually were supposed to meet last weekend in Mallorca because he was being flown over as one of the headline acts for the Smooth Jazz Festival that was on in in Mallorca. Um, and it's a you know, domestic flight for, for me to go up. Mm. It's only like a, a, just over an hour's flight. And we were supposed to meet, but unfortunately he had um, a, some sort of event conflict and he couldn't actually make it in the end. But that was going to be our golden opportunity to finally meet after actually working together for at least eight years. I mean, we've done probably, I would imagine, four album projects at least together so far. So it just would have been great to finally meet him in person. But that's going to have to wait till the tour, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So I I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because uh, we'll explore the industry vocal coach bit in a bit yeah. but you being a session singer how do you view the balance between going on road and recording work 
You mean for me personally? Yes. I don't go on the road, really. It's as simple as that. Um, so I, I was almost being tongue-in-cheek about saying that I would. I mean, probably the only tour that I would consider would have to be short and sweet and with all the the, the creature comforts because I'm at a stage in my life <laughs> where I don't want to be sharing rooms <laughs> and two buses that are dodgy and uh, no, no, thank you. Uh, the other thing too is my, I think, not just my own success as a as a session singer, but to have regular work as a session singer, you have to be available, and people have to know that you know they can you know send you an email or give you a call or send you a text, and you can basically do a job for them even within the hour. Whereas if I'm on the road, out and about on tour, my availability would be greatly curtailed. Mm-mm. So that's really why the the on on the road life is really not of that much interest to me. As, as I said, aside from something that just short and sweet and to the point, um, but any anything protracted, no thanks. And your session singing is it mostly conducted from your studio at home, or are you still traveling it, about to go to other studios? Yeah, it. it um, these days, it's pretty much exclusively done here because we've got a gorgeous setup. Uh, my husband is the engineer and the producer, and he does a, a lot of mixing and and things, uh, independent products. Uh, um, sorry, projects to me. Mm. Uh, so we work together, but we also work apart. Um, so it's a you know it's a it's a nice complementary skill set that we actually have. Uh, so just by necessity of where I live, um, but also the fact that so much is easily done online these days, it's just easier to to do it here. Uh, for big, there are still some big projects that. I, that I will fly about for, is, uh, you know, obviously a lot of that got uh, curtailed with the pandemic shutting everything down for two years. Um, so a lot of things that used to happen in person then went online and have now stayed online because people realised actually it was more convenient and cheaper to not have to kind of, you know, have lots of travel costs on top of session fees and things. Um, but I am also pleased to say that um, because of Russell, who's my husband, um, and and my kind of you know complementary skill set that we've got, we've actually we were one of the first in the world to offer online recording sessions. And guess when we started it? Think back to when it would have even been possible. Oh, so I think I, you'll be surprised. I, I like being quizzed in this podcast. It's brilliant. Did we sign up uh, for that? And please, just while you're thinking about that, it's still so warm down here. I need to put the air con on. So wow. just please excuse me for You're probably for just letting that. Russell out of the studio cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's a fully, fully, fully soundproof studio as well. No one can hear. Oh, no. No one can hear you scream down here. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, so what do you reckon? Uh, well, I leave that guest I... to the younger man. Well, yeah, I'm going to go early. I'm going to go really early. I go think, on. I think you are early adopters. Look at the competitive face. Come on. Competitive. Uh, Come on. Two- Come on. 2005. Oh my lord above! You need to go and, and and buy a lottery ticket. It was two thousand and four. Ah, oh, so close. But oh. but that's that isn't that so cool though? That it was basically when platforms like Skype, yeah, became stable enough that we could use it instead of um, those ridiculous um, ISDN line yeah, yeah. things that you had to rent. Right, so if people wanted to listen to me recording while I was recording, 
that was when Skype became stable enough and reliable enough to fulfill that function. Yeah, yeah. And I, in my my husband's an IT guy as well as being a muso, so he's got like useful. the perfect skills for that. Yeah, well married. So as I, I said, we were well, we, we were re- sorry. Sorry. Yes, I know, right? Yeah, well, we have been together since the dinosaur age. Well, no, I do, um, I do remember that time when there was there was a, a whole heap of albums that uh, where they they brought kind of world musicians together, um, uh-huh. and I can't remember. There was one with Robbie Williams and Maxi Jazz. That's quite a big hit. But yeah, it was right back then, and yep. and now it's and this was this was audio only. Yeah, we weren't using Skype's video platform because it was that was just too data hungry. Um, but even even with that, like with my coaching side, I started online coaching in 2010. Wow! So by the time the pandemic hit, I'd already done it for 10 years at that point. Incredible. So you're COVID proof, yeah. really, industrially. We were, yeah, extremely fortunate that our business model in both the recording side and the coaching side was the vast majority of it was on- online based anyway. So we just went to 100% online. Incredible. No problem. Mm. Boom. Yeah, wow. And a lot I of people sitting around with, with a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, <laughs> so, baking bread. Right? Yep, 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 <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, good on you. So, um, Kim, early on, we already like uh, experienced the extreme heap of energy. You're such a bundle of energy, which is everyone wonderful. says this, but because <laughs> I'm on, the, because I, I'm not on the receiving end of it, this is just business as usual for me, wow. right? So okay. it's always surprising to me when people comment on it. And as I said, you've got to feel sorry for my poor husband living with this, you know, balloon <laughs> let off well, in the room. Um, you an know, Australian yes, Tasmanian um, vocal. Devil. Devil. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But I, I, I want. You know, I, I do want to ask. I've you. only had two ex- two espressos. No, it, I've had one. I've had one today. I haven't even had my second. Okay. Are you ready for a question, two. Kim? Are you Sorry. ready? Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> wow. This was the first time we had you still for about half a second. That's <laughs> good. I thought. I thought it might yeah. have frozen. Yeah. I thought we lost connection. <laughs> The pioneers of Skype video lessons. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is, where do you find your inspiration? Because you're so buzzing and full of energy. Where, where is, what's the furnace? Menopause. This <laughs> 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 so brilliant. And you know what? I know it's not true because, you know, we've done some work for our mutual friend, Richard now. Furnace. It and, is a furnace. Let and, me tr- let me tell you. And you've been like that, and that was like at least twenty years ago. Yeah, so. no, no, no. I know. I was just being being facetious, but um, but it, yeah, it, it's just funny to me. I've got a weird. Oh no, sense I thought of humor, it was funny. But, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm not I so sure about Rob. I, I apologize, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's you wonder why I had to put the aircon on. Yeah, right. Um, so um, uh, so what what is Brilliant. yeah? So what is my what I I yes. don't. Feel that I have like a simple kind of one inspirational source answer to that because I I I just I just fucking love what I do and I think that's uh, that that's probably the main energy for me and what gets me a you know sort of fired up every day is I just love what I do and I, and I've managed through a lot of trial and error over the years where 
I've worked out that for me personally, I feel the most balanced in my life when I've got fairly even amounts of recording work and coaching. I need both in my life. And if I if I just like teach for too much and it's like I'm, I'm sort of it feels like I'm standing on one leg mm-hmm. um, and I'll hit a critical mass of too much teaching for me and then it'll make me resent everybody. <laughs> All right. It's really weird. Conversely, if if I just I've had some periods in my life where I haven't been able to teach, where you know I've, I've had such huge, all-consuming session jobs that I've had to put the teaching aside for a bit just to concentrate on that, and that doesn't make me happy either. So I'll, I'll start teaching rocks. You know, rock. Do you want to know about rock? You know, or <laughs> whatever. Right. So I'll I really really miss the teaching. So for me personally, to, to feel like I'm standing on both legs, I I I need the balance between the the performing outlet and and the and the the coaching outlet for for me to feel like I'm 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 in balance. If that helps at all. So the said. the people that inspire me, it's I get inspired by people more than kind of anything else. I mean, I love. The, uni- the universe, and I don't mean the spooky universe. I mean literally cosmology. Mm. Like I, I, I sign up to NASA's um, uh, newsletter. Um, you know, I'm all about James Webb. You know, uh, the 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 pictures being taken there. I love Hubble. I love anything about the planets. Um, I'll, I'll watch any documentary about that sort of thing. So I do love cosmology, uh, but I don't know that that feeds the musical side of me. What feeds the musical side of me is it's people it it's people yeah. yeah and the people that i work with that i have the honor of working with i'd love to hear about some of those people <laughs> no i i i was just i i just wanted to you know i i wanted to just check out how long you know we can <laughs> like enjoy this full stop <laughs> exactly that that is i find this fascinating about the planets and the hubble scope Oh, I love it. I just love it. And do you know what I really love is, you know, how Pluto got demoted to a dwarf planet. Oh, okay. Sorry. I I, I I took that as as a given. But Pluto's basically my my favorite planet after Earth. I mean, we've got to love Earth because we live here and we're sort of part of it, right? Um, But Pluto's my kind of second favorite. Um, And would you believe that the guy who first saw Pluto, that his ashes were on the orbiter that went past Pluto. So he's now in his ashes are now in the Kuiper belt, which is actually outside our solar system. Um, but yeah, imagine that. Imagine being that guy who who discovered Pluto in the 30s or whatever, and they included his ashes in in that thing that went past. Wow. Yeah, Voyager 2 or whatever it was. Maybe he didn't want to be cremated. Was it Voyager 2? I, I actually don't remember the that's really bad that I don't remember the name of the actual the, the observer that went past. But anyway. Kim, you failed. I, know. I, I feel ashamed now. <laughs> I feel I'm ashamed. ashamed. <laughs> yes. Answers in emails to Kim Chandler, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next question, darlings. Come on. Yeah. Throw me a throw me a freaking bone here. Well, we're very careful in what as uh, what we're gonna ask you because you know it could be anything and it could go for a long time, which we love, by the way. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So I'm thinking I'm gonna Sorry, be quiet James. for once and I'm gonna have Rob think very carefully about 
his next question, which is going to be met with a formidable answer by you. This is going to well, be a killer could, question. Could, whilst you're whilst you're thinking of the of the answer, um, the one thing I guess I do need to allude to um, on the session side because that's what we've been discussing most of so far um, is just ha- how broad a church it is. So I'm kind of jingle queen. That's one of my my main bread and butter things is singing. Uh, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of jingles for radio stations worldwide. Um, and most of them are in English, but not all. And even when singing in English, I've got to sing in different accents, depending on the region that the uh, jingle is going to. Uh, and I have had to, had to, to sing jingles in an array of different ang- um, languages phonetically, where they just teach me how to pronounce it and then I sing it. Um, so that's kind of challenging and fun. So, um, what, so what was it? Give us an example. What's the, a really tricky one? Accent, oh, the, language. Well, uh, accent-wise, um, I do find singing in a, in a really strong American accent with the rhotic R, the er, R, that's the official name of it, is rhotic, R-H-O-T-I-C. Um, and I find singing for long periods of time with the rhotic R actually quite tiring because it's not part of my language that I speak as in, you know, it's not, it's not the accent that I speak with. Um, I think if I was Irish or West country or something, you know, that has the rhotic art, it wouldn't be as tiring. But for me, I find that quite tiring, Uh, but mentally quite tiring. um, uh, The ones where it's so different from English. Um, For example, I had to sing um, in Afrikaans for uh, a radio station in Namibia. Wow. And I was the only singer on that on that package of jingles, so that that was really hard because it's it's kind of Dutch based, and Dutch is already a really challenging language for people who aren't Dutch. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, Danish. Danish almost killed me. <laughs> Danish is really hard because it's all vowels, pretty much. They've got like something like forty two vowels, and you've got to get those vowels right. And I, I just couldn't hear the nuances in the vowels that they were trying to get me to do so I just said look you're just gonna have to tell me if I got it or not because I'm not gonna know <laughs> I've no idea so you know for example they'd say the name of the station was Scala S-K-A-L-A Scala FM and so we're going through through the pronunciation I'd say Scala FM and they say no Scala FM yes Scala FM no no Scale FM. Yes. And I was just going, right, I, 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 I'm really sorry. Whoa. I really can't hear the difference. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. And Polish, no way. Absolutely no way. I, I, I mean, I, I did uh, the ones for the biggest radio station in Poland, which is Radio Z, um, but it was only the words Radio Z. So that was fine. So anything that had any more Polish in it, like the actual slogans, Polish is so hard for non Poles. Wow. Yeah. I yes. wouldn't know where to start. I would not yeah. know where. I mean, it, I, I lived in Taiwan for a little, a little tiny you, bit. And right. it's so, a pitch-based yeah. language, and I can't tell the uh-huh. difference, you know. Uh-huh. The tonal languages. Exactly. I know, right? Yep. Uh, so that, that, as I said, that's kind of bread and butter stuff for us. So we, we do a lot of jingles down here. We also do a lot of the um, cruise line shows. In fact, I've done three shows in just the last few weeks. 
uh, where there's been, I think it was eight medleys of about seven or eight minutes per show. And I'm doing like four or five part harmony, triple tracks of each part, all hardcore sight reading. Um, and it's just next, 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 just reading, 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 reading for hours and hours a day. Um, and yeah, so we've, we've done three, three shows recently and only just finished actually. Wow. That sounds so. It's, it's really varied. It's a very, as I said, it's a very, um, varied, uh, working model. And that's what I love about it. I love the variety. I, I never know what I'm going to be asked to do next. I mean, there's a, um, a song coming up in a, in a, a big TV series that I did not long ago. I'm not sure when this series is coming out, mm -hmm. but that was all in a fantasy language, the, the song for this series. And it had eight-part harmony as well. So I did the lead and eight-part harmony all in a fantasy language. Wow. So is that, that wasn't elves, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the same sort of idea as Elvish and Klingon and things like that, but it's neither of those two, but yeah. So yeah, it's it's a really really fun that you say what what gets me fired up what's it what inspires me, it's what I have to be able to pull out of the bag. Yeah, at any given time, I, I no one can predict that this is the sort of work that you're going to get, right? So, Eight part harmony in a fantasy language. Yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> and and sight reading sight reading it, but yeah, with the the lyrics are all all are not a real language. Wow. So um, mm. this is all fascinating what you're doing today. And I have to ask this question, although it's maybe an old entire question, but what got you started to all, and this, this journey you've been in, where, what was the start? Well, no, <laughs> give us, give us, you know, really, because did it like start boom? You know, that's what you wanted to do. You grew into it. I mean, there's like a million of questions I had about that, but yeah. just give us a I little flavor of that, please. Right. Well, I um, as quick as I possibly can, I grew up in a musical home. My grandmother was a professional pianist her whole life, so she would play the piano all day and she was my main carer while my mum and dad were off at work. So she would play music all day every day while I was while she was looking after me as a little kid. And so clearly that all just you know, went in there somewhere. And uh, I also have fond memories of my mum and my dad, both of whom sing very well. In fact, my mum, who uh, will be 80 next year, mm. is still doing an average of four or five gigs a week. Oh, wow. As a, as a, as a gigging singer in Australia. That's freaking cool. <laughs> right? So wow. I've, cle I've clearly got a, a way to go yet, Right. Yeah. But my dad also sings beautifully. Uh, and my grandmother, um, even though she was a, a professional pianist, she, and she, she was also as a result of being, you know, it, playing in clubs and stuff, she was quite a heavy smoker for many years as well. So she had a really low voice. Mm. And so I actually have fond memories of my mum and dad and her doing three-part harmony stuff at, like at family parties. But my grandmother was the bass because wow. of her smoker's voice. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> That, right. you know, like, so, wow. I know. Yeah. I'm so pleased so, to ask this question because you have, like, a super great story to tell there. Yeah. So anyway, I, so music, 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 I, 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 like, just I grew up in musical soil, right, from the from the get-go. Uh, and um, I started a, my instrumental journey actually on violin when I was about eight, and it was not the instrument for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried 
but because I didn't have enough skill to get it in tune, it was out of tune and anything out of tune just drove me absolutely crazy. It was like literally like fingernails down a blackboard. And I just wouldn't practice because I couldn't bear the sound of me playing it out of tune. So I needed to change instruments after that. So I changed to a fit a fixed pitch instrument, which was flute and piano. So I always saw myself as an instrumentalist all the way through my formative years. Uh, I did sing, but not as a singer. So singer, singer. So singing was not my identity. Um, I sang in school choirs. I sang, sang in vocal ensembles. I you know, fronted the school big band. I sang in musicals, but singing was not my thing. I, I, I was a flute player, darling. Flute, yes. you know. Um, and so that was what I took the most seriously when I left school. So I, I, I did a degree, a music degree on flute as my principal instrument and did like orchestral playing and all of that stuff. Um, and piano was my second study and and singing was my kind of uh, serious hobby at that point. So uh, even during my degree, um, during my degree, I was in a, th um, a, a vocal harmony band that kind of modelled itself on Manhattan Transfer and, and we did a lot of Manhattan Transfer covers and things like that. Um, so I was singing all, all this time, but I never saw myself as a singer. It was always the sideline. Oh, yeah. Uh, until um, uh, it was a about the late 80s and I started just getting more and more singing gigs. People were asking me to do stuff like we want you to sing in this Christmas musical or we want someone actually said to me, we want you to sing our jingle. Mm. And I went, what's that? You know, and, and it's like, you know, the stuff on telly or the stuff on radio that people singing products and stuff. Oh yeah, I guess that is actual people singing that stuff. Yeah, I guess you know, and so that's how that all's. It literally by I, I fell into it. It wasn't. I was not by design in any way, shape, or form. It was generated by other people booking me, and before I knew it, over time, um, flute just took much, much more of a backseat. I still play it. In fact, I played flute on an Elvis show just last week. So I still I still have to bring it out of its poor old musty case mm -hmm. at times and I I can I I haven't got great chops anymore but my tone's still still intact. So it's still got a lovely sound, solid silver flute and everything, so it's beautiful. Um and open hole and things. Um but yeah, so just uh, over several years the kind of the the singing and the flute playing crossed over and before I knew it um where I used to be a flute player that sang I then became a singer that played flute. Yeah. And that's, how, yeah, the rest is history, as yeah. they say. I remember yeah. us doing gigs with Richard and I think you played, you sang and flute. Played I did. Flute. Yeah. yeah, I did. That's right. And and I was terrified that um, that poor Richard uh, wanted me to to solo, but I'm, an, I'm, I'm classically trained on flute, mm. right? So it's like, give me dots, no problem, but don't expect me to, bloody solo you know <laughs> bloody uh, it's just, solo. It, yeah you know it's like no thanks um it would suck if, if i if i tried anyway but that's why i was able to play the head so competently is because he, he his scores are just to die for and actually yeah speaking of richard there's another album with him imminent watch this space we're talking about Richard Niles for our Richard listeners Niles. who yep. are not familiar with the name Richard only. <laughs> yep, yep. So, you know, composer, 
a guitarist, arranger, author extraordinaire who writes insanely difficult stuff. So yeah. it's it's always a challenge to uh, to yeah. read. We've yeah. been at the other end of his charts, which is oh, you know, for, well, for me, it's woo! twenty years, <laughs> twenty years yeah. of it, right? And he just keeps saying to me, "I'm one of the few people that will, you know, give it a go. Yeah, give your stuff a go." But this this latest album um, is it, the the vocal arrangements because I've it, a lot of it's instru vocal, so there's not actually uh, lyrics. So I'm, I'm singing kind of wordless stuff as well, which I quite enjoy doing. So it's singing as in at, with my instrumentalist head on, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but some of the arrangements, literally the voicings and the and the, the 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 actual parts, are some of the hardest I've ever had to record in my life. <laughs> Al- almost in tears, I wow. was. At, at some some of it was just like this is so hard. And but, Richard, you know, if you're hearing I, this next I next need a album challenge. next album after this, Richard, can you do the same? In terms of level of complexity, and can we have it in Polish, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. A fantasy language. A fantasy language, please. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's like, come on, come on, give me another challenge. Oh yes. So, 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 Stefan, for someone who's you know, because we've known each other a long time. Yes. Babe. And I've had the the honor of singing, uh, well, f- sitting in at times with your with Funkestra. Oh wow! Okay, there's a name. Right. So, um, you know, what was that the answer that you were expecting? I'm not expecting okay. any answers because I think what we really do is enjoy hearing what you have to say. We, 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 the only expectations is we want to get to know you and our listeners want to, to get know to know you. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> and I think they do listening to this, you know, we're getting such a good dose of the Kim. It's just great. Oh like oh, an God. energy ball with tons of skills is amazing. But is there a vaccine for me? <laughs> no idea. I, if there is, please yeah. don't take it. No, don't no, do it. No. Don't yeah. do it. I would. So anyway, has that given? Has that bought you enough time to come up with another curly question? We we have like lots of questions for you, but we just let you run because you're doing so well. <laughs> we, we have many more questions, yeah. but we we kind of like no, Kim is doing fine. She don't need questions. You just need the tiniest inkling of an impetus and off you go. It's beautiful. You're making our life super easy. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Not 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 everyone would thank me, but there you go. No, we are we are grateful and <laughs> not I, everyone appreciates and I do it. want Rob to ask you a question. I'm gonna sit back yes. now. Well, I I'm finding this all fascinating, Kim. Well, and- should, should we go down the the you know the mutual friend part? Well, we can we can certainly entertain that. I mean, yeah, I want I want to know more about vocal coaching and what that is. And this is this Ooh, will bring in our mutual. That's friend. a whole other podcast, honey. <laughs> but yeah, we got we got a mutual friend. We got probably got a couple of mutual friends. I but um, imagine, yeah. a friend of mine, Lorna Blackwood, says hello. But, yep. And and you're in the love you, Lorna. <laughs> love you a long time. Oh my god! Yep. Wow. Yep. Did you just say that? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but no, she she would understand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so how do you know? Yeah, she, how do you know each other? And uh, yes. give me uh, give me some of that. Right. Uh, well, uh, there was a couple of function bands that we were the the singers of. 
back in the day in London when I was still living there. And we had a great time together. We would always have such a laugh on stage together. And she can she can proper sing, oh, that yeah, girl. Baby. She can sing. So she was always a joy to sing with because we'd, we'd all just kind of go, yes, you know, and just sort of, you know, share lead, do BVs for each other. BVs is backing vocals yeah. uh, for each other and just have a great old time. Uh, but then over time, because, uh, I mean, good Lord, I can't actually remember when when we first started gigging together, but it's got to be it's got to be 15 years ago or something like that easily if not more what is she, zigzag she, she made what is zigzag there you go zigzag is zigzag is one of the bands yes and in fact i'm still friends with valentine johnson val johnson who who actually ran zigzag for many many years many 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 it's, it's his baby his band it was one of the most successful function bands in the uk wow. we got some great gigs and yeah so I was a dep in that band. Lorna was a dep, and um, yeah, it, it was absolutely fantastic. In fact, I saw Val only a few months ago. He was Amazing. down here, yeah. Uh, and um, but that's that wasn't the only function band that we that we performed together in. But that was one of the main ones. That's, that was the first one actually that I that I met her in. But then, as I said, down down the track as time has gone on, we've we've both ended up through time and opportunity. Uh, for her, it was through um, the studio that she runs with her hubby. Yeah, camera. That George Ezra <laughs> yeah. came into her life, and that started a whole chain of events for her in terms of getting into the industry coaching side of things. Um, and uh, she uh, coaches, you know, some of the the biggest pop stars in in the UK. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, I mean, she does pop, on. and you seem to do all the screamers. Yeah, I, I, we. I, I'm not sure whether uh, Lorna has any of the kind of you know the the rock and metal side um, yeah. in her stable. Um, I do have pop guys in, in 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 mine as well, but much much fewer. It's it's more on the heavier side, whereas she's kind of more on the on the actual pop side. Uh, but it's all kind of a, a arena level, stadium level, lots of, you know, televised stuff. Like I had five um, clients that I coach uh, perform uh, as part of the Brits this year. Yeah. Um, Mercury's Enemy Awards, you know, winning awards as well as performing on the show, blah, 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 blah. No, that's amazing. I, so, I mean, I mean I'm, yeah. fasc I'm fascinating. I'm fascinated by what you do and what Lorna does in that. I mean, dark secrets. But what, what, what proportion of it is if what proportion of being a great singer is natural talent as opposed to kind of <laughs> hard work and, uh, you know, dedication, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> That is the unanswerable question, darling, which is which is why why I'm going <laughs> the nature versus nurture debate yeah. is unanswerable. Sorry, darling. Oh but, my goodness me. Yeah, I, I feel like that Pluto guy now. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been demoted. Yeah. Just yeah. send my yeah. ashes to Mars. I'm fine. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, what what it's just so difficult to quantify where you draw the line, which is why it is kind of the unanswerable yeah, question. Yeah. But you have to have the seed of, of talent to water and give it sunshine and love and good soil and 
there has the seed has to exist, yeah. right? So if if someone literally just has no had nothing, 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 it doesn't matter how much sunshine, love, you know, or money you throw at it. Mm, yeah. There's nothing to work with, right? So there has to be something to work with. But, you know, uh, in my experience of working with other singers as a session singer, but also um, in the in the coaching side, which is, is, is the coaching side for me is actually five years behind the session side. So it's been 32 years as a session singer yeah. and 27 as a vocal coach. Wow. And it's about the last 10 or so years, more and more and more of the kind of the the high profile client side seems to have kind of grown organically which is lovely um but yeah i mean you 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 literally have um singers who are not remotely interested in working on their voices and they just want to open their mouth and just kind of see what comes out mm. and that's perfectly fine so they are they that they are people that are reliant 100% pretty much on the nature yeah. side of it then you get other people who are just grafters and they just want to know and they're in you know in, insanely curious like I am and they just want to know. Um, or it might be someone who was on the I don't really need to know about this, but something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And so then it's it forces them to have to learn something about how it works. This is this is why it's it's such a difficult one to answer because it's such an individual journey. Well, I thought I'd just give it to you anyway. You yeah. Know. Wow. Yes. You're, you're, <laughs> if we, I did. I did ask for you to throw me a freaking brown yeah, here. I mean, and you, I mean, and I, you did. I, you I did. did. I, mean, I do, so I do find it. I do find it fascinating when you've. Got, I mean, you've got the difference between a great vocal performance and then that truly just two percent. What is that two percent that makes it legendary? You know. That, that's the if we could actually answer that like what is the magic what is the alchemy that's going on there what is the x factor and it's such a shame that that it's been you know appropriated. It, 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 yes it has it has because i mean i mean x factor in in the true original sense you know i think i think we'd all be you know if, if anyone could predict or quantify or replicate what that magic is it probably wouldn't be magic anymore yeah Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. I mean, I agree to that 100%. So we, you know, I'm dealing a lot with the mechanics of the singing voice mm. with, the, with the people that I'm working with. I'm not a singing teacher. I am not teaching anybody to sing, right? I'm more like a Formula One mechanic for vocal Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Yeah. So yeah. just because... A Lamborghini or a Ferrari develops a wheel balance issue. It doesn't turn that car into an old banger, right? I love these analogies. To, They're amazing. You just have to you just have to fix the wheel balance I issue and Kim let it go off. And, She's used them before. It's still don't, it go, don't say that. Let it go. Let it let that person go off and be the vocal Ferrari that they are, yeah. right? And you know, so either I'm optimizing and tinkering what somebody brings me to get the best, the best, the best, the best out of them. Or we're fixing stuff that might've gone maybe just, you know, a little bit, a little bit off center. And when you're putting the voice under that much pressure of back to back to back to back to back mm. touring and things like that, that's when little, little, you know, little diversions uh, can start costing quite a lot. So, you know, I feel more like a, like a personal trainer or, or a formula one mechanic than 
a thinging teacher. Because, mm. you know, I mean, if you if you imagine like Tiger Woods, you know, presumably has a golf coach. Is that golf coach going to be teaching him how to play golf? Is Andy Murray's tennis coach going to be teaching him how to play tennis? No. No. Where are you from? <laughs> it's it's all, no. all, all about optimising exactly what that person needs to do in their environment and, and, and looking at them in 360, which none of us can do for ourselves. You know, yeah. we, we need someone objective looking at what we're doing. And that's what that's what people like me do. Yeah, I love it. That's great. And and having the session side of it as well brings in a an interesting energy into the coaching because the the people that I coach know that I put my own voice in the you know through the rinse and spin. Yeah. You know, I'm not just someone who has never done it and teaches or someone who used to do it and now teaches. I'm I'm still doing yeah. both evenly. You know, and and I think that brings an authority of of a kind to the advice that I give. It's, it's like I know this shit works because I, I'm living proof of you know I've put this stuff you know through the battle conditions to know that it works. Brilliant. And then I go, oh yeah, I hear that. You know? We have uh, one more question for you before we need to go, okay. which is super yeah. sad because I feel like we really, I mean, I'd love. To talk to you for hours i really would and i'm sure rob <laughs> feels the same i do however yeah. we break in our format otherwise so there's one more question yes. and, and and i'm not being i'm not being funny i actually have to start teaching soon and i've i've got a yes rather rather high profile client first yes, up and we won't keep yeah. you from your wonderful work yeah before we let you go for our listeners who are not familiar with what you do, where would you like to send them or what should they listen to or any anything you want to like uh, plug here? Uh, well, um, there's there's a few different things that might be of interest to people. Um, the first would be the the California Funk Machine project that I that I opened with today. So volume one, volume two, volume three um, is imminent. And as I said, I've done. The, the the lion's share of all the female vocals on that project. We've got obviously uh, Richard Niles's next album. Whenever that's going to be Shout good to out go, to it's, Richard it's, Niles. It's all recorded. It's all being it's being mixed as far as I'm aware um, at this stage. So you know, it, it appears it's quite imminent. Uh, I'd love to be able to tell you what the song is in the TV series that is literally worldwide TV series very popular but i can't just because of not disclosure agreements and things but there there is something that's all i can say at this point um but as to kind of helpful products as opposed to entertainment products um uh my for those keen singers out there and people who teach I've got a few different products. I've got uh, funkyandfun.com, which is my um, 94 exercise vocal training extravaganza that's been around for many, many years and is used by lots of schools and private coaches and, um, and you know, lots of singers use it to keep their voices in shape while they're preparing for a tour or out on tour or whatever. Uh, so that's funkyandfun.com. Uh, there's also a taster version of that on a different site, which is um, musicgurus.com. I've got a taster online version of that um, called Funky Fundamentals, which is 
kind of cool. So that's 28 of the exercises of for the full 94. And there's video um, uh, introductions to each exercise and me demonstrating them and explaining them. It also comes with an ebook. And over there, can you see over there? Yeah. Something is on the wall. For that, our podcasters, there is something on the wall. Yeah, there is something on the wall. And it's called the Chandler Curriculum. And wow. it's the Chandler Curriculum um, on online training for pop singers. So that is that is basically a lifetime's uh, study right there of bullet points, of hit points for training pop singers. And that is available uh, through Compton Publishing, C-O-M-P-T-O-N, Compton Publishing in the UK. And if, you, if people just look at, you know, to put my name in, they'll find it. Uh, my poor old website, which is kimchandler.com, uh, is very out of date. Um, the honest truth is because I'm so damn busy that actually trying to find the time to update it is just really hard to find that time. <laughs> so it just Great. You gets older to. and older and older, I'm afraid. Um, on the social media side, you can find me. At, um, so it's at Kim Chandler Vox on Twitter and at Kim Chandler Singer on Instagram. Brilliant. And I'm not particularly active on either, I'm afraid. <laughs> because you're busy, B. You don't need to be. Um, yes. Right. Well, Kim, great talking to you. It was wonderful. Or it was great listening to you, I should say. Well, that, well thank you. Thank you. Thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, to do this and also for us to have a bit of a catch up. It's been way too long, Stefan. Way too long. Yeah, I, I do feel like you've probably filled my boots on Kim Chandler knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. All right. Lots of love yep. to you. Uh, and to you. And uh, we, take uh, care, guys. Uh, we'll share it, of course, and send you all the stuff sure. that you need. All right. and, 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 and all the best with this Thank this uh, podcast. Thank you very much. Series. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. Now. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.